Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Down here in Panama City Beach, and some people are sitting around. They're saying, where's Clay Travis been? You weren't on Friday. You weren't on Monday. You weren't on Tuesday. And the easy answer is, I've been hanging out with Heath Ledger. We're boys. Uh, We had a good, long holiday weekend together. I was really impressed with how good he was in that Batman movie. And so I was like, hey, uh, I need to get my agent in touch with Heath Ledger so we can hang out. And, uh, you know, joke's on you, uh, no pun intended there. We've just, I mean, I've learned a lot. I think the show's going to be a lot better as a result of uh, of my hanging out with, oh, wait, wait. Oh, he's been dead for a few years. Well, uh, in retrospect, I've just been down at the beach hanging out without Heath Ledger. But imagine how much better this show would be if I could have gotten that Killer Instinct vibe from Heath Ledger based on how good he was in the Batman movies. I mean, this show would really go to the next level also, we might be as dishonest as the L.A. Lakers. we got a lot to run into tonight. I want to start tonight, this morning, whatever whatever uh, time zone you're in. I want to start with this Laker drama. There were several things that stood out to me about uh, the story about the Laker dysfunction. But the thing that I thought was the most ridiculous of all the Laker drama 
is somebody had said they had such bad anxiety working for Magic Johnson that they had to quit working for the Lakers. And in particular, that anxiety was brought up by the fact that Magic Johnson was upset that whoever was supposed to order the car service made a mistake ordering the car service. Let me say this right off the top. If you work for the L.A. freaking Lakers and you have anxiety issues because you did a crappy job ordering a car service for a player, it's not like you have anxiety because you were walking through Ramallah back during the war with people shooting at you and IEDs going off everywhere. I don't know that you can blame the anxiety on Magic Johnson and the Lakers. It's possible you're just an anxious person. It's also possible you're just bad at your job. I read that article and I was like, oh, a bunch of people have been fired from the Lakers, 27 of them that aren't there anymore. What if the Lakers were an incompetent organization? I understand it's hard to fire people and people have jobs and you want to keep them there and everything else, but the Lakers, when Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka arrived, weren't exactly swimming in success. So the fact that an unsuccessful organization might be chaotic or the fact that Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka might not trust other people who were longtime employees of the Lakers makes a lot of sense to me. Like I read that article keep and I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and I know that a lot of people are focused on oh Rob Polinka claimed that he set up Kobe Bryant uh, to meet with Heath Ledger after Heath Ledger was already dead. Like, that's probably not a great anecdote, especially because I think the videos of it out there, and maybe somebody would have raised their hand and should have said, hey, wasn't, wasn't Heath Ledger already dead? Isn't the premise of this uh, discussion impossible? It's also possible that Rob Polinka just got all his dates mixed up and that Kobe Bryant did meet with Heath Ledger and he did set it up because I love that Rob Polinka would take credit for this. But it's Kobe freaking Bryant. I mean, if Kobe wanted to meet me, I would meet Kobe. How many people out there, no matter how talented they are, if they got a phone call and they're like, hey, Kobe Bryant's a big fan of yours, he'd like to hang out and meet, would be like, nah, I'm too big to meet with Kobe Bryant. I can't. I think Donald Trump would meet with Kobe Bryant right now. I think Barack Obama would have met with Kobe Bryant. But the idea that, oh, wow, you got Heath Ledger to meet with Kobe Bryant was going to be some sort of major selling point is, I think, probably indicative of how much glitz and glamour has overcome Los Los Angeles in general. But, I mean, you're talking about a franchise that has had one of the greatest actors of his generation sitting on the front row for years and where the greatest actors of every generation show up to be seen at Laker games and have shown up to be seen at Laker games for years. But I, I, I want to get an update here, and we will get an update shortly on our, our request to talk to Jeannie Buss, because Jeannie Buss won't talk to anybody, but I'm convinced that she loves OutKick and she wants to come on with us. By the way, Danny G, any, uh, any update from the Lakers? Yes. Well, really? No. No, I wish. I'm sorry. Is it more insulting that they won't even deny us and that they just <laughs> totally have ignored our request to talk to Jeannie Buss? No, I'm not really surprised. They're just dodging media right now. But shouldn't they at least say, like, hey, she's not going to talk with you? But so uh, when I read this entire article and I saw the cataclysm that was the Lakers, nothing in that article really surprised me. And and I will say, I don't think that the Lakers are going to get a big-time free agent splash addition 
without having to give up substantial assets. In other words, I don't think DeMarcus Cousins coming to the Lakers. Uh, sorry, uh, well, maybe DeMarcus Cousins, who knows. But I don't think that uh, Kawhi Leonard's coming to the Lakers. I don't think that uh, Kevin Durant's coming to the Lakers. Maybe Jimmy Butler would come to the Lakers. I don't think Klay Thompson's coming. Like I don't think anybody is going to come sign as an unrestricted free agent and for Kyrie Irving fundamentally alter the Lakers' trajectory. I think it's possible, maybe even probable, that the Lakers could still end up with Anthony Davis if they give away all their young talent. But if the Lakers were able to land another top free agent, then overnight these stories disappear. And I know how desperate ESPN is for there to be Lakers drama because we got a Canadian team in the championship, but I couldn't believe when I saw this. One of the headlines that ESPN just sent out. Taco Tuesday. LeBron James is a big fan of Taco Tuesday and gets his family to join in on the fun. That's a notification that ESPN sent out through their app. You know that ESPN, this is two days before, now we're one day before the start of the NBA Finals. You know that ESPN wants LeBron James in the news so bad when Taco Tuesday is one of their headlines that they spend out to all of their millions of subscribers of the ESPN app. It's pretty unbelievable. But if they got a top free agent, then all of the noise would disappear. I do think that Jeannie Buss and the Laker franchise is right about that, that if they got a top free agent to pair with LeBron James, the noise would disappear, just like the noise that Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka were a mess as a tandem disappeared when... Uh, LeBron James ended up going to the Lakers. But let me say this. The fact that... The, so the, 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 there are a couple of interesting anecdotes here, but I think the most significant one is this. On this show, the day that news went public about the Lakers wanting Anthony Davis and basically Rich Paul, LeBron James's agent, taking over the Lakers ship, saying, I am the captain now, and trying to make a trade happened for one of his agents, Anthony Davis, to one of his clients, Anthony Davis, to end up with another of his clients, LeBron James, I said this is going to be a disaster. And when I read in the article, the one bit of news that I thought was overwhelming is that LeBron has his agent flying on the team plane. And I don't care what else is going on. But if you are the agent who is trying to hijack the entire season, for the Lakers and make the Lakers bend to your will. Can you imagine what the young players on the Lakers thought when they were on their team plane and LeBron James's agent, the guy who is trying to get all of you traded, is on the plane with you? I I just I I don't understand how in the world something like that happens. And to me, that's an example of the Lakers losing their mind. Because even the Cleveland Cavaliers, which bent over backwards for LeBron James, said that they didn't have Rich Paul flying on the team plane. Even the Miami Heat, which bent over backwards for LeBron James, said they didn't have Rich Paul flying on the team plane. And there was the moment where uh, they had Adam Silver, and I try to think about who uh, who the source might be for a story like this, when Adam Silver is out to dinner with Maverick Carter and it's just the two of them sitting there and then you've got Rich Paul showing up also in the same restaurant and ripping 
uh, everything about Luke Walton as a coach and saying he wanted Ty Lue as the coach to replace Luke Walton. I mean, that in and of itself is pretty wild because you think, okay, there's three people in that conversation. Unless somebody in that conversation happened to be also a fourth party and it was a waiter in the restaurant or something like that, is Adam Silver the source there? What it points to is the Lakers being hijacked. And they're being hijacked by LeBron and there is a battle for control of the Laker franchise. And you got a bunch, it's Game of Thrones. You got Jeannie Buss, right, who is a somewhat absent owner in the context of it doesn't seem like she is the kind of person, and that's why we'd like to have her on the show, to say, hey, I run this team, it's my way or the highway, which very much may be what the Lakers need. And then you've got Rich Paul slash LeBron James, and LeBron James is the puppet master there. And then you've got Rob Palinka, and then you got Magic Johnson. So there were four at the start of this year, I think it's fair to say there were four different people angling to be the uh, Iron Thrones sitter of the Laker organization. In other words, everybody's fighting to end up sitting on that throne. And then you got Rob Polinka and Magic Johnson who end up going head-to-head. You've got Rich Paul and LeBron James who basically try and turn themselves into the captain of the Lakers ship. And then you got Jeannie Buss. And the person who should be in control of all this circus is Jeannie Buss. But instead, she's got Magic and and Rob Polinka fighting it out. She's got Rich Paul and LeBron James out there trying to pull strings. And the result is you've got too many different kings and not enough people who are willing to just be a part of the overall process. And I said this before. If you look at LeBron James's career, he always wants to control the franchise that he's on. And sometimes that's okay. It's like the Cleveland Cavaliers, when he came back for the second time, just bent over backwards and said, LeBron, whatever you want, we'll do. Even if it means mortgaging the future of this franchise. You think that we should sign Tristan Thompson to a big money long-term deal? Done. You think that J.R. Smith deserves big money here? Done. You want Kevin Love locked up? Done. LeBron was a GM who was building a team for a rapid turnaround, rapid win, and then he was going to leave behind a smoldering ruin. And that was what LeBron was doing as GM. And you know what? To his credit, you know who saw this? Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was looking around with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He said, wait, I'm a lot younger than LeBron James. I don't want to re-up with this franchise because it's pretty clear what LeBron is doing. He is creating a mess of a situation and he's going to bail and not have to deal with all the mess. And I'm going to be left behind with Tristan Thompson making $20 million a year. And I'm going to be left behind with Kevin Love, a.k.a. Mr. Glass, when he gets an injury for the four millionth time in his career and is out for 42 games. And I'm going to be left behind with crazy-ass J.R. Smith who doesn't even know the scores of games. And all these other role players that receive substantial contracts too. And Kyrie Irving said, no, 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 I want out. And so the Cleveland Cavaliers, you could at least possibly understand that because they were desperate for LeBron. But what the Miami Heat had and why the Miami Heat has maintained a level of relevancy, doesn't mean they're good, 
but they've maintained a level of relevancy even after LeBron left. They've been a playoff caliber team. They had Pat Riley to stand up to him. Who do the Lakers have now to stand up to Rich Paul and LeBron James? Doesn't seem to me like Jeannie Buss wants to do it. Seems like she wants to be liked. She doesn't want to fight any battles. She's trying to just avoid having to pick sides. And when you're the owner and you don't pick sides, what you end up with is Magic Johnson quitting in a random post-game, pre-game press conference. What you end up with is Rich Paul on your team playing. What you end up with is Luke Walton deciding to jump ship and go join the Sacramento Kings. What you end up with is Ty Lue thinking that he has the ability to guarantee himself five years with you and you're saying, wait, the only reason why we would bring in Ty Lue is to coach for the three years left with LeBron James. We're not going to give him five years. We got three more years with LeBron. Why do we want Ty Lue in charge of our organization when he's LeBron's guy and LeBron's going to be gone in three years, maybe less? But you end up, by and large, with a power vacuum which creates this eternal battle for overall control. What should happen is Jeannie Buss should come in should say, hey, this is my team. This is my franchise. I have complete control over everything. Nobody else is stepping to me. Every decision that I make is final. That's whether you're LeBron James and believe that you are still the best player in the world. That's whether you're Rich Paul and you are the agent and you believe because you happen to be the agent for LeBron James, that means you can get on my plane. That's whether you are Rob Polinka and you think because you used to be Kobe Bryant's agent back in the day and you were able to get Kobe a meeting with Heath Ledger, even after Heath Ledger was dead, it doesn't matter. Whether you're Magic Johnson and you used to be a great, incredible performer back in the day for the Laker franchise, you need that power vacuum to be filled. And the fact that it hasn't been filled so far is why the chaos exists with the Laker organization. I love this story because there's so much drama and there's so much mess associated with it. But the easy solution is why I want Jeannie Buss on this show. You need somebody to show up and take complete control over the organization and say, come hell or high water, whether we succeed or fail, every decision ultimately is being made by me and you guys all work for me. And instead of fighting for power, what you need to recognize is I am the power. That's what the Lakers need. A dictator in charge of a business who sits down and says, every buck stops with me. And every decision is going to run through me from now on. I will make every significant decision for this franchise. There's nobody else who has the authority. There's nobody else who has the ability to control the overall direction of this franchise like I do. And instead, you got a total mess and everybody thinks they can end up in a position of power. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand-cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I'm down if you're a long-time OutKick listener. 
I've been cut using this studio down in Panama Beach, Panama City Beach, Florida for a while, and they got absolutely decimated by a hurricane, a Category 5 hurricane that came through, and it has been one of the wildest ever uh, to uh, to make landfall. In fact, let's get an update on this, and I'm going to bring you in in Hour 3 or Hour 2 to talk about this a little bit more. Is this mic on? Do we know? No, you're going to stand close to me and talk to me. Uh, so you guys were in this studio when all the craziness went down, right? Tell me about what it was like to be in a Category 5 hurricane. Uh, correct. Yeah, we were here, uh, got here that Tuesday. Everybody reported maybe about 10, 1030 at night and about 12, 15 Wednesday is basically when uh, everything just broke loose. Um, the scariest moment of my life, I would definitely say that. So what did it, so like when I was driving in, and it's obviously early this morning in Panama City Beach, but I've used this studio, I don't know, for a couple of years now, right? right. We, we, we Sometimes when I'm down in Florida, and I turn at a Burger King, right? Like right. off of off of 98, if you're familiar with like kind of the main drag here almost. And when I pulled up, and it's dark, but the entire fast food restaurant, it looks like, I mean, it just got hit with a bomb, right? right? It, I mean, it's it's just not there. Exactly. And basically what it was, it was the pressure from the storm. Uh, all of the radars stopped working. The wind detectors stopped working. And come to find out, it was 160-mile-per-hour winds that came here. So what did it sound like? It was the freight train effect. It it really was. Everybody was like, well, what does it sound like with the freight? It was literally the freight train effect. And you guys came to this building because you were like, it's a bunker, it's a radio station, it's designed to survive everything. But for a minute, you guys thought this place was going to go up. Correct. Our front offices uh, got heavily damaged. They're still being worked on. Um, Our chief engineer, Charlie Wooten, here at the station is an awesome, awesome guy. He got us back up and running maybe four hours after the storm. So you guys were only down for four hours, even though you got hit by a Category 5 storm. Correct. He uh, had the bright idea of getting a car battery out of one of our old station vehicles and putting it in the back in our generators and uh, crunk it right up, man. And we we were back up and rolling about 5, 6 o'clock. When the whole city was dark, we had power right here. So when it's like the absolute worst moment and, and, and you're inside this building, what are you thinking? Um, Did you think you might die? You know what? I didn't. I was just really, really praying and said, you know, God, just stop the winds and just let us be all right and come out the other side of this. And so you guys are like underneath the tables in the in the studio. Correct. Uh, over here in the studio side is the uh, the newer side and our officer side is kind of like the older side. So we told the kids to get up under there, close the door, put the blankets up, uh, over their head because we didn't know if, you know, if a tornado was hitting or what was going on. So for people out there that aren't aware of how bad the damage was in the Panhandle and the Panama City Beach area, what did it look like the next day and the days after, and even now some today, as you drive through this community? Uh, That day, uh, when I walked outside of the station, there is a main road called 23rd Street that normally from the station you cannot see. But when I walked out that day, you can literally see 23rd Street from where we stood at, at the station. And I knew then that Panama City would never be the same again. And it's like a, almost like a bomb went off, right? Correct. Correct. What is it like today? Has it gotten substantially better or is it still really, really bad? It's gotten better today. Uh, most of your buildings are uh, torn down. Uh, some of your apartment complexes are being torn down so they can rebuild and uh, just get back together, basically. 
Well, uh, it, it is wild. I'll, I'm going to find a couple of the websites where you can still donate. Um, I know that uh, on Memorial Day, uh, Lee Bryce played a concert in Rosemary Beach to uh, to help raise money. I know they raised a decent amount, but it is uh, it, it's something that's going to take what a decade to recover from, right? Oh, I mean, like it, this, is- it, it's going to take a while. I went to uh, New Orleans, I think, last year, and was eating at a cheesecake factory and asked the guy, you know, well, how was it after Hurricane Katrina? And this is our Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. And obviously a lot of people just, I mean, Hurricane Katrina, I feel like there were a ton of media for a lot of people. They may not realize how bad it was down here, but saying, I mean, a category five, it's as big and almost as bad of a storm hurricane wise to ever hit the country. Right. It is. And uh, I talked to actually an aquatic engineer and he said, as soon as it got into the Gulf, and the waters were 80-some degrees. That was just fuel just to blow it up, and that's what happened. Because it happened in a hurry. I was yeah. down here like the week before, mm-hmm. and there. I mean, a lot of times you know when a hurricane's coming, like right. a week out, you can see it coming through the Caribbean. Right. This came out of nowhere. It did. It uh, That Sunday, I, I was out of town and came back, and that Sunday, it was like, oh, it's a little blob down there. Monday, yeah, it was like, oh, it's no longer a little blob. Yeah. It's wild. Uh, well, uh, we'll hopefully be able to help out a little bit as we can. Uh, again, that's DJ Big Boy. Uh, if you listen to this show, he's been on with us before uh, when I can come down here and do the show from Panama City Beach and the Florida area on the Panhandle. And uh, they are still dealing with a uh, with a lot of craziness. Let me ask you this question. This is our poll question. NBA Finals start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You, can, you are an owner of a team. You can only sign one of these guys. I know that Kawhi and Durant are unrestricted free agents, right? Mm-hmm. You can only sign one of these three guys. Pretend that Steph is too. Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, or Kevin Durant, you get them for four years. Which of those three guys are you signing and why? KD, off rip because KD is a clutch player. Every time the ball is in his hands, he's shooting it, he's pulling it up. He's a clutch clutch player. I'm I'm picking KD off rip. All, all three uh, of those guys out there, thanks for uh, DJ Big Boy, getting a ton of reaction as people make decisions about who they would vote for. And uh, let me give you the updates right now, and then I'm going to go quickly around the horn and see who people would take here. Uh, we got 41% of the vote rolling in for Kawhi, 33% for Kevin Durant, 26% for Steph Curry. Uh, Danny G, who you got? <laughs> who would you sign if you were an owner and you could only get one of these guys, three best players in the yep. NBA Finals? It's now at 40, 33, and 27%, so a pretty good battle here. Who would you sign? Uh, my knee-jerk reaction would be KD, but I look at the ages of all three of them. KD, 30, Steph, 31, Kawhi, 27. With that said, for the next four years, who's done the most with the least right now and is the youngest? Moreno Valley's very own Kawhi Leonard. He's 27. He's the best two-way player in the game. The age factor is the best argument I think you could make for Kawhi because he's the only one of these guys that I think likely could still get substantially better than he is right now. And so I think that's the best argument if you want to make it for Kawhi. I don't think he's the best right now. I think the best and most valuable right now is Steph Curry. Who would you take, uh, Dub? Well, for me, I'm going to go Kevin Durant. I mean, he's seven feet tall and can pull up from 35 feet. That's enough for me. He gets his shot whenever he wants. And like DJ Big Boy said, he's got that clutch factor too. Uh, All right, what about you, Eddie Garcia? Who would you take? I think if we're just talking individual talent and obviously the size factor for Kevin Durant, I think that plays a factor. But if we're talking about a guy playing in a team sport, uh, I think I would take Steph Curry. I think he's he's a better team player, and I think he makes players around him better. Yeah, I think that's right. What about you, Roberto? 
going with Kawhi. All right, we'll continue to break this down. I think, am I correct, that we've got, uh, we're going to get Alex Marvez in with us in the next segment here at the top of hour two? Yep, Marvez at the top to talk NFL with you. All right, so we got Alex Marvez coming back, and then uh, we also have Petros Papadakis in hour three to talk a lot about the drama surrounding the Lakers, all that and more headed this direction. Appreciate you spending your Wednesday with us. We also come back. I'll get a quick update from Eddie Garcia on what we think about the Blues versus the Bruins. Is it going to be a series? All that and more. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Amazing story there from DJ Big Boy. I'm not kidding about the overall impact in the panhandle and everything that is uh, still a mess down here over that that Category 5 storm that hit. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We are rolling. I'm in the Panama City Beach, Florida studio um, as uh, we are uh, down here for the rest of this week. I'm with my family in uh, the Panama City area. You just heard um, in the last hour how devastating this was to the community of Panama City Beach when what has been upgraded to a Category 5 storm made landfall back in October just decimated uh, this area along the Florida Panhandle and, uh, and, 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 and I mean, just completely obliterated this, uh, this market in this area. And they are still trying to unpack and recover from that. And, uh, so we're going to talk to a couple more of the, uh, employees maybe, uh, this week as we break it down. But I mean, just, uh, just, just a, an incredible story uh, of of what people in the Panhandle have been through, and uh, a guy who is not that far away from the Panhandle in general, uh, although on the uh, closer to the Atlantic Ocean than the Gulf, is uh, Alex Marvez. Alex, I I don't know that. I mean, I know that people kind of have a sense for what happened in Hurricane Katrina and everything else surrounding it, but I still think there's a lot of people who are listening to us nationwide that don't understand the full scope of the power of the storm that hit here in October and what it did. I mean, it's one of the most powerful hurricanes to ever strike the United States. Oh, you're so right about that. And listen, Clay, actually, I'm now pretty much equidistant between the uh, Gulf and the Atlantic Ocean living in beautiful Gainesville, Florida. So I completely understand where you're coming from. And listen, it's, you know, it's funny because you get all the hype on television, right, from, you know, Weather Channel and media outlets when the hurricane is approaching, and then about a day or two after, oh, yeah, they show the destruction, and then you move on to in the news cycle, right? And this is unfortunately what has happened to the Panhandle area. People have forgotten about the city of Mexico, for example, and it is a city. But this thing was devastated. And you're talking about Clay, too. It isn't like, oh, well, old ramshackle homes and things that aren't up to snuff. You're talking about even some modern architecture that was absolutely waylaid because it simply couldn't withstand winds 165 miles an hour gusts like that i'm with you and listen if it was a bigger media market we would be talking a lot more about it and that's what's unfortunate for these folks they've sort of been forgotten as they go about their cleanup area you know their cleanup and trying to rebuild their area so i'm so glad that you're drawing attention to that and of course hurricane season is now upon us once again well, not even officially. June 1st is when it begins in earnest. We've already had one name storm that fortunately dissipated. But, Clay, I'm, I'm totally with you, and I think it's, again, great that you're highlighting what's going on with some folks because life is not normal after a hurricane. Things that you think are automatically going to be there for you, you take them for granted. They are not. Yeah, it, it's absolutely wild. I mean, I, I drive in here, uh, and I've been using this studio for a couple of years now when I'm down in Florida and driving in even before dawn this morning 
and being able to see some of the damage on my usual drive in it's i mean this is what you know like coming up on eight months after the event and i mean there are buildings that look like they were just hit by bombs that are still completely untouched it's it's, it's wild to see um, and then they don't and, and fact, play real quick too i'm sorry to interrupt but then some of them never get back some of these businesses some of the things the local charm to the area they never make it back they simply can't afford new prices maybe some you know uh, updates to the building codes etc whatever it is insurance settlements those types of things you don't make it back because it also now the insurance prices for everyone in the area begin to skyrocket so sorry to interrupt man i just I, you you, t- you hit a sore spot with me about this one again i'm just glad you're doing what you're doing bringing some attention to it because these folks need as much help as they can get well it's wild when i turned to come down the street where we usually broadcast from for a minute because i got the email like hey you know you're set up for your studio and i just i didn't even hardly pay attention to it because i assumed it was the same address for a minute i thought oh my god is that building still going to be here and i mean (laughs) this radio station is a bunker but the front side of this building is still like almost unusable so, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's just wild to see. Now, obviously, in much less uh, serious uh, universe, you uh, are an NFL guy and you join us every week. And so we got NFL stories to get to. So let's pivot here uh, as, as best we can. And I'm, I'm curious. Um, I want to start with this question because I do think it's a, it's a bit of a mess for the league. What are they going to do about Ezekiel Elliott and this video of him potentially bouncing into a security guard who seems like he went a little bit James Harden? Do you think the league suspended Ezekiel Elliott like so much for what I thought was maybe not very good evidence before that they'll just say, oh, there's nothing here? Or do you think Cowboy fans should be concerned? I think Cowboys fans should be concerned because apparently this will also, this is according to a media report, and I would cite it if I could remember who the heck it was, but apparently this may tie in uh, to a St. Patrick's Day incident that occurred with Ezekiel Elliott off the field as well. And if you've got a guy who, you know, I mean, he's getting handcuffed in Las Vegas, and and he was ultimately released, but you watch the video, you watch someone getting into this type of altercation, and yeah, I think there is some concern. Now the question becomes, does the NFL simply say, okay, we're going to find you two game checks, and they leave it at that? Or is there a possibility of him having to sit out a game? And, you know, and we wait. Now, again, the NFL, their system, as we know, Clayton, but I think it's important to reinforce, you don't have to be arrested or found guilty in a court of law. You don't even have to be charged to face an NFL suspension. So when it comes to Zeke Elliott, if they don't feel that he's towing the line, you know, they're going to do something. And let's not forget here, too, NFL security, Dallas Cowboys security, has a pretty good line on how Zeke Elliott is living his life. This is the sort of thing that shows up on video, right? But who knows what else is out there, if there is anything. And those things would go into an NFL decision as well. So it's really been an underplay type of story because, you know, you're, you're flying blind a little bit here because the NFL, no one has any rhyme or reason for how they operate when it comes to enforcing their personal conduct policy. And the Cowboys have been publicly supportive of Zeke Elliott. I don't think they want to poke the bear. I think that they want to, they want to see if they can get a contract extension done with him and if they come out publicly and start chastising Zeke Elliott for off-field behavior, then that's going to make things maybe difficult to get something done. But yes, I do think this Cowboys team should be concerned. And listen, they drafted a running back in the fourth round out of Memphis, uh, you know, named Pollock. I think that there's, you know, look, Cowboys fans have already brought up the possibility, hey, can we, you know, they, when they say, is this draft pick 
related to potentially moving on from Zeke Elliott at the end of his rookie contract or even before. I, you know, initially after the draft, I thought, well, no, nah, you know, probably not. They compare him to Alvin Kamara, and you'd love to see him maybe work in tandem with Zeke Elliott. But now, again, if these types of incidents are going to continue to happen, even after everything that has gone on, with Zeke Elliott, all the warnings, all the things that the league has tried to stress upon him and the Cowboys themselves, well, I think at some point you have to ask yourself, are we going to really give this guy $30, $40 million guaranteed and then expect him to change his behavior off the field? I mean, that's, that's a really hard question for the Cowboys to answer. So maybe while publicly they're saying all the right things, if they don't get a contract extension done with Zeke Elliott this offseason, it wouldn't surprise me. And as talented a player as he is, do you look to move on from him next season in a potential trade and get something from him? I know I'm taking this a long way, but I think these, you know, in, in terms of where we could be going with this, but these are scenarios that Dallas Cowboys have to play out, play, because of, of what Zeke Elliott has done. And it's not anything the Cowboys did. It's what Zeke Elliott continues to do when he gets into these confrontations with people. What's wild is in the NFL offseason, the number one story every offseason is who's in trouble and how's it going to impact the season. It happens certainly in college football. You know, I always say the summer, like before, until you want to break down who the favorites are going to be in college football, let me know who's going to stay out of trouble during the offseason when they're out of the, you know, daily conditioning programs and everything else. And I feel like we've been talking about this for a month now, but Tyreek Hill. I mean, the uh, no, no. I don't think any news at all from the DA. Uh, nothing that has come out about what may be transpiring there. What are you hearing, if anything, about the Chiefs' perspective on Tyreek Hill and what's likely to happen as we move into the summer there? You know, I recently spoke with Sammy Watkins about this, and the way that Sammy is approaching this is that Tyreek Hill is going to be missing some games. You know, that, that's at least some games. I think you know, at an that, absolute minimum, I think that's probably like the idea that he would like he's going to miss at least six games, right? At the best case scenario for the Kansas City Chiefs, it, you know, it's so hard for me to put a timeline on it. It, it is play. I mean, you look because the league is so. I mean, why why six rather than eight? Like Kareem. Well, Hunt, he right? yeah right. I I don't you know, understand how Kareem Hunt got eight. I, I don't, especially because yeah. he was put on the you know he was not able to play to finish the year. And, uh, and maybe the answer is because he didn't challenge it, and so they just randomly decided on eight. Uh, but I think at an absolute minimum, there's no way, even if he doesn't get charged and all that we have is this situation in the news that comes out now, there's no way that he's not missing at least six games. Right, you know that's, and that's he might never question. play. He might never play again, right? I mean, the range is substantial still, but at a minimum, he's, he's, he's out for the first six. Well, what, what is going to come out in all this? play that's the other thing too i mean remember with adrian peterson and the photos of the switch and things like that you know and when i say the switch the damage inflicted upon his son when adrian peterson had that you know discipline issue with his kid well you know you think about that adrian peterson's still playing i i can't it is impossible for me richie incognito got signed yesterday okay it is so difficult for me to fathom you know saying that a player will never get signed again at this point right i mean what do you have to do to not get signed I mean, teams just, I mean, every team will try to make excuses. They will try to justify why, why they can sign a player. You know, you have Mike Mayock yesterday coming out, the Raiders GM, saying, oh, well, you can't have a team of all Boy Scouts, right? So you bring in Richie Incognito, chronic bully, someone who, who hurts people, 
you know, and has a long history of abuse, but oh, he helps your football team win. So I get it. As, as, her, as heinous a crime as, as what Tyreek Hill may have done in terms of abusing his three-year-old son, potentially breaking his arm, those things, why is it impossible for me to shut the door on this? That a team would still say, oh, he's changed, he's gone to rehab. Hey, forget about the fact that he also beat up his girlfriend in college. You know, look, he'll be different this time. He's learned his lesson. And did we tell you he's a great football player? So I, I just, you know, maybe it's not for the Kansas City Chiefs down the road. I mean, they are paying Sammy Watkins $16 million a season. Let's not forget about that. They did draft McCall Hardman. They can maybe move on. But at some point, some team, look, the Cleveland Browns, John Dorsey, the guy who drafted him. Hey, you know what? That's not the Tyreek Hill that I know. You know, that type of stuff. So I think, though, what the league is doing right now, and it makes sense, Tyreek Hill is frozen. He's frozen. He can't do anything. He's, he's suspended from the Chiefs. I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, he's not a team activities. And then the next thing would be just the NFL making it official as late July approaches. I think the, the way the league is learning to handle these things, don't act until law enforcement has exhausted its opportunities. Then you can maybe move in and make your, have your own type of justice. But don't levy a suspension now. Okay, and then say, oh, well, we have to go back and retroactively change it because the police found more evidence of abuse. They, I think that the league learned its lesson in that way with the way that it handled the Ray Rice situation. I will say this. I mean, I know that people want to rip teams, but I think ultimately this is about the fans. And fans have proven, as much as everybody wants to rip the teams, that if your player can make your team more likely to win – you'll basically be okay with anything. I mean, that's the truth of the matter. Like, even Ray Rice, if you remember Ray Rice, the before the video came out, a ton of women showed up for the first practice for Ray Rice since he had pled guilty to knocking out his fiance in an elevator wearing Ray Rice Ravens jerseys. Right? I mean, like, right. the, the, the overall individual fan bases here... I don't think can escape blame because usually what happens is national news humiliates a local team. It's very rarely the local fan base that like makes a team pay for making a questionable decision about who's going to be on their roster, right? I can't remember. You may be able to think of one. I can't remember the last time because of something, not, not because of whether a player is good enough or bad, you know, like in terms of on-field product. But who's the last really good player that a local fan base refused to support just because of his off-field behavior? You know, I, I look back, maybe we can say Michael Vick to an extent, although he had his In Atlanta? In Atlanta, and that was, this was a very polarizing guy. Of course, you know, and there were some people that just, you, you know, you got into so many different issues when it came to Michael Vick and how people, you know, look at the, the animal abuse situation with him and, and this and that. But I do think he was one of those guys that, you know, fans didn't, there were, uh, there were fans who did not want to see him again in a, an Atlanta Falcons uniform. It might, might be we, the example. I, I would like to see the overall numbers on back in the day what Atlanta Falcons fans thought, but that might be an argument of a guy that is good, right? That, that nobody, but I would also say there's probably people who felt like Michael Vick was never really going to take that next step, um, you know, as a, right. as a quote unquote elite level quarterback. And I've asked this question before, but I mean, what would Tom Brady have to do off the field for uh, for Patriot fans to be like, there's no way we can support this guy anymore? 
Right. I mean, and listen, and, and everyone tries to offer justification for things because they want to see these guys on the field. Until exactly. There's a clamoring, and, and play, until there's a clamoring of fans who say, we are not going to support this team through our season tickets. We are going to pester advertisers because you continue to employ this player. You know, even if there's quote-unquote suspended, we're not going to support your product. And until you put people, you know, look, for NFL teams, it's all about the pocketbook, right? It's all about the wallet. It's about bank accounts. It's about winning. Right. And, you know, if your team isn't winning, fans aren't going to support it. Okay. But if you also have sponsors who are putting the heat on you because, hey, why is this guy employed? Why is this someone who you have on your team? This is bad for our brand. Okay. And that's that's where a lot of this this comes from. And amazingly, you look at, at what happened with the Colin Kaepernick situation, and that caused far more of a ripple effect than anything as far as criminal charges, abuse, etc. We had guys like Brandon Marshall in Denver losing sponsorship deals with credit unions and, and sports stores. The guy did nothing wrong besides take a, take a knee during the national anthem, and yet he's you know being cast off. Uh, by this, you had teams that have really cooled on signing players because they were like Eric Reed and the Cincinnati Bengals because they were concerned about alienating fan bases and tickets. So it, basically, what we're, our our story here is, as usual, when it comes to this conversation, is knee is bad, but the other stuff. Now that's cool, you know, as long as you can yeah. play football. Well, what would I would say fine. is the difference there is that's in uniform at work behavior, right? Whether you agree or disagree with that. That is something that occurs in front of the fan base during a game, whereas uh, whereas something that's off the field entirely. I, and look, I, I think that people would have said, "Hey, if uh, if Aaron Rodgers," I said this back in the day, if Aaron Rodgers had taken a knee because he thought we were being too mean to ISIS, again, not opposing ISIS because he thought we were being too mean to ISIS, somebody would have signed him, right? Because he's Aaron right. Rodgers and he's that good at football, so. Um, you know, the lesson in general for off the field related issues to me still is the same as it's always been. It's if your talent exceeds your problems, you'll be employed no matter what else might be out there. That is uh, that is a huge negative associated with you. Uh, speaking of potentially huge negatives, you mentioned the Raiders and the moves that they've made off the field with Richie Incognito, with Antonio Brown, uh, with a lot of drama that they have brought in there. What do you anticipate this team looking like when uh, maybe they are on hard knocks? Who knows? But what kind of what kind of vibe or expectation should Raider fans have? Uh, they should have high expectations for this team this year in term in terms of having a winning record potentially. They will be improved from next year. And I'm just let me let me just say this about guys like Vontez Perfect and Richie Incognito. They are in one-strike situations, not, not three strikes, okay? Antonio Brown, if he does something obnoxious, you know, that's going to get leeway from the Oakland Raiders. Why? Because there's a heavy financial investment in him. They gave the man $30 million guaranteed as part of a three-year contract extension. So he will get chance after chance, despite any sort of obnoxiousness that comes from Mr. Big Chest. And hopefully it doesn't. And, and hopefully he looks as good as Danny, our producer, was uh, telling us, you know, catching passes from uh, Derek Carr this offseason and looking sharp. And, you know, John Gruden's going to press his buttons. He knows how to deal with star players. But these guys like Incognito and Burfick, they know that they they're on, you know, look, if they screw up, they're out. That's it. The, the, the Raiders just, they, they, it, doesn't, it doesn't cost them. They are replaceable. They are fungible type players. You know, if they play up to what they used to be, then they'll probably start. And then a year from now, if they're still playing well, they'll be back on a minimum salary type contract. And if they don't, they're gone. So that's how it is with the Raiders. But look, it's a cast of characters, but every team has a cast of characters. 
right? Some are more public when it comes to uh, their, their things than others. But I think for right now, the Raiders overall, they, what Mike Mayock did, he helped John Gruden identify talent better. Talent sets better. For example, you trade for Martavis Bryant last year, right, Clay? The guy, you trade a third-round pick for a guy who can only play one wide receiver position. Oh, and by the way, he's one misstep away from a huge suspension. The, the Raiders screwed up in a big-time way. They get a guy who they poorly scouted, who they thought could, could go all over the field. Which, you know, so that's a disconnect between the front office uh, you know, with what they want and what the coaching staff wants. Well, this year, they look at a guy like Hunter Renfro in the draft. They say Hunter Renfro can play all three wide receiver positions, so we're going to move him around. Antonio Brown, all three wide receiver positions. This is what John Gruden wants. My point of all this is that there is a much clearer vision for this Raiders team with Mike Mayock getting John Gruden the players that he's picking and thinks can help this team than what they had before uh, with Reggie McKenzie as a general manager. That's one of the reasons I give the Raiders a real fighting chance to be a better team uh, in 2019. Beside all the talent acquisitions that have gone on, this is a better team with three first-round picks coming aboard and some big-time free agent spending. Last question for you. It seems like Ben Roethlisberger is trying to put aside the drama that came from Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and derailed the Steelers' season to a certain degree over the past couple of years. Do you think the Steelers will be able to put this behind them? And what do you anticipate from seeing from Ben Roethlisberger in particular this year? I think Ben's problem is he doesn't understand because Ben thinks he knows everything that Ben, I don't think he necessarily listens to media advice either. He needs to stop talking about this. Right? People are going to continue to ask him about, oh, leadership questions and Antonio Brown and this and that. Just let the thing die, man. It doesn't do any good wallowing in the past. Move ahead. You know, if you really have changed and you really want to make a positive impression, do some things now. You know, make, just make sure that if you've said things publicly in the past that have embarrassed players like it did to Antonio Brown, like it did to James Washington last year, you know, when you're pointing the fingers at others and after a loss, and he's done this before to Todd Haley, he's done it to Mike Tomlin, you got to stop, man. But I just think with Ben, the Stillers have enabled him. I mean, when you give someone a $64 million, you know, as part of a two-year contract extension, what you're saying is, nah, Ben, you keep doing what you're doing, and players will fall in line and follow you. This is what the Steelers have done. I still think it's a team that has some issues behind the scenes. I think Mike Tomlin, a guy who, by the way, we always forget about this, Clay, he's never had a losing record as a head coach in the NFL. Think about how hard that is. Since 2007, when he took that job, he has never been under 500 at the end of a season. That's pretty darn impressive. But I just feel like it's a Steelers team, much like the Houston Texans. They're sort of treading water. It's like, yeah, we get there every year, but we're not back in the Super Bowl. And it's been, you know, quite a while, almost a decade, since they played in the big game. So I think that's a little bit different with Tomlin. I think that some of the, the uh, you know, things that they've done in the secondary should help this team out. But how do you replace Antonio Brown? I think their tight end depth is a little bit scary. And the Cleveland Browns are a much better team than what they've been in the past. So pivotal year in Pittsburgh. I just think they're probably going to fall short again. And then we'll see what happens at the end of the season with Tomlin. But still, haven't played the game yet, Clay. So we'll let it play out. Good stuff, as always. We'll talk to you next week, my man. Thank you, brother. Be good. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their kumo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be The Laker drama, though, almost overshadowing everything else in the world of basketball. 
we bring in our Laker expert. No one knows the team better than Petros Papadakis at the old P on Twitter. Petros and Money Show, AM 570 LA Sports. Uh, what is shaking, Petros? What, if anything, surprised you about the article that uh, is sweeping across the nation surrounding the Lakers' dysfunction? Well, uh, it was a really long-form piece. Probably could have been a little a little less confusing, but I think it hammered the point home, and the point was to let national and international readers know the depth of the dysfunction within the organization. And I think they did a pretty – I mean, would you say he did a pretty good job? I mean, you write long-form pieces. I don't. Would you say he did a good job of – Yeah, like, so I want to go to – I want to, get like, sort of dive into some of the details and get your take on them. And, okay, and, and, well, the only thing that I had never heard about – like, we had the whole Dark Knight speech. We didn't have the sound. That was – Yes. But we had the whole Dark Knight speech thing a year ago, almost a year ago to the day. So – we were on top of that. We knew that was a lie, and we figured out the dates of when Heath Ledger died and all that. So we, we knew that. Magic being kind of a, a two-faced dude, obviously we've heard that over the years. People run Magic out in this town when they don't want to answer questions because they know he'll just smile them down. And it works. It works for a lot of people. It's, not, it's stopping working for some others. The one revelation was the Josh Hart stuff. How they tried to trick off their draft pick on him and drafting Mo Wagner instead of Spellman, I think is the guy out of uh, Villanova. That was that was a pretty big uh, that was a pretty big revelation for people in Los Angeles. People did not know that one. But the rest of it was all kind of just detailing what what a lot of us have covered and already known for a long time. All right, so there are a couple of factors uh, about LeBron and his crew making a play to kind of take over the Laker franchise in many ways. I mean, I I think there's a power vacuum, and I think LeBron's uh, crew has tried to step in. And I don't know if you knew about this, but first of all, Adam Silver being out to dinner with Maverick Carter is to me pretty fascinating because he's not out to dinner with LeBron James. He's out to dinner with one of LeBron James's cronies, right? Like a guy who owes his entire career to his association with LeBron James. And then while they're out to dinner, another guy who is LeBron James's crony, Rich Paul, is there. And both of them are like, Luke Walton sucks. We need a new coach. Well, who do you want? Ty Lu. They're lobbying the NBA commissioner about how good of a how bad of a coach they think Luke Walton is. That's pretty wild to me, right? I mean, to think about like imagine if Roger Goodell is out to dinner with like Tom Brady's agent, and while he's out to dinner with Tom Brady's agent, somebody else who also reps Tom Brady, and we don't even know who else would be repping Tom Brady, but the let's guy say that like stretches him. Yeah, TB twelve guy, like the guy who does all the the health stuff comes over and they start ripping on Bill Belichick and saying they want a new coach. I mean, that's that's pretty crazy stuff, right? That had to be a setup, right? In an L.A. restaurant, maybe you disagree, but I don't think it's very likely that two guys who know each other well and Maverick Carter and Rich Paul just happen to be in the same L.A. restaurant at the exact same time while one of them is eating dinner with the NBA commissioner. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, but you also don't know what was going on in town at that time. And as you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of people in the same business end up in the same places and cities, and they end up having conversations. I, 
I thought it was pretty weird. I think it speaks to the power of that individual athlete and what he means to the league and Kobe before yeah, him. I, exactly. And I think it, that's that's a good point because, and again, you, you, it's you not LeBron. Didn't you just tweet out something about Taco Tuesday? Yes. Like Taco Tuesday that ESPN yes. is putting yes. out on their news alerts that LeBron likes tacos on yeah. Tuesday. I mean, for, it, for, for people who don't know, let me read this because I, I mentioned it in hour one, but there's a lot of people waking up on the West Coast. ESPN has alerts sent on their, like, uh, their whatever it is, right? Like their app. I, and I use the ESPN app all the time just to make sure I'm not missing news and everything else. I frankly, fortunately, don't have alerts set up. But ESPN sent out an alert last night that said, La Taco Tuesday, LeBron James is a big fan of Taco Tuesday and gets his family to join in on the fun. That's a news story from ESPN. Yeah, that's not news. <laughs> but and that's... an alert. It went out to everybody who was following uh, ESPN. That's an alert. Like, hey, LeBron James is a fan of Taco Tuesday. Same thing about Kobe in a different way. You know, just the name itself on a headline gets clicks, and that's why it comes out. So I think Adam Silver's a pretty good commissioner by all accounts. He he does a pretty good job managing all this stuff. But I thought that was a little odd, too. The, the whole thing, I think the gist of the article regarding uh, LeBron and his people and whether or not they get to be on the plane or whether or not Rob Palenka gets to sit in the in the coaches' meetings, I, I know he's not one of LeBron's people, but just all this different stuff that's going on within the organization that's just not done in other places is happening because the Lakers people don't know what's done in other places. They don't understand modern NBA protocol. Uh, they just uh, they just kind of go about it. Uh, how they see fit, or they think, what would Dr. Buss do? Well, Dr. Buss was doing this, you know, pre-cell phone decades ago. Uh, it's a different world, and uh, we have a lot of global billionaire companies that run NBA teams now, and there's only one model like this. And uh, obviously, it's it's the biggest story. Their Laker dysfunction and an 18-month investigation by this guy, Baxter Holmes, is uh, is a bigger story than the NBA Finals which is in two days, which is packed with drama. But we're talking about Magic Johnson and HR. I mean, it's really amazing. It is really amazing. And and you hit on it, which is, I think, ultimately, the story in a larger context. And, and the other part of it that I thought was wild was Rich Paul flying on the team plane. I mean, can you imagine being one of those young Lakers that knows, basically, you were put on the trading block to try to get Anthony Davis and you're like, well, I wonder how much juice LeBron James and his representation have with the Laker franchise. And then LeBron's agent is on the plane, and you're like, well, we're effed, right? I mean, like that had to be the reaction from the players when even on the team plane, uh, LeBron James's agent is there. Yeah, LeBron's agent, who's running around trying to discredit the coach, is on the plane. It's unbelievable. With the coach. Yes, and, and they sit there and tell everybody, "Well, we do it, you know, we do it just like they did it in Miami or Cleveland." And then all these sources from Miami and Cleveland come out and that say, no, "Never no, happened. Yeah, we yeah. never did that." Uh, same thing with Bob Myers. Uh, uh, the Bob Myers thing. Bob Myers from from UCLA, who we know well down in LA, who's the GM at Golden State, and has had a lot of success. And Rob Palenka sitting in on Luke Walton's meetings, making everybody uncomfortable. 
and unable to tell the truth in situations where you need to be uh, disarmed in front of your coach. And he's sitting there, and they say, well, hey, it's a little uncomfortable you sitting there. Well, Bob Meyer sits there. Uh, no, he doesn't. I was up at Golden State. Well, he does now. Well, no, he doesn't. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff is just uh, – I just don't know where they go from here as far as just public relations go. And every time Magic is attacked, Clay, he's going to go on TV and defend himself. Like, he didn't even wait. Like, this time he did it within, like, two or three hours. I, he, he showed up at ESPN and was automatically there talking about HR and Jeannie Buss and, <laughs> you know, I don't treat people mean and all this stuff. It's ridiculous. Now, I'm going to give you an example of something that happened in L.A. just to show you uh, why Magic Johnson, uh, among a lot of other reasons, gets involved in this kind of stuff. Now, you remember when most people kind of acted like Magic Johnson bought the Dodgers when yeah. Major League Baseball wrestled the Dodgers away from Frank McCourt, right? Most people thought that. Magic is like, you know, he owns as much of the Dodgers as like Serena Williams owns of the Miami Dolphins, right? So not the but same. they allow. I mean, same thing with Jay Z and the Nets, right? Like Jay Z would sit courtside, and people would be like, "Oh, he's an owner, and he owned like point oh 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 three percent of them, yeah, I mean, like you know, the, fifty grand of something yeah, like that." I mean, it's yeah. ten million dollars is a lot of money, or whatever it is, but it's not a large percentage of the Dodgers. Yet they ran Magic out in Los Angeles to make everybody feel good about the ownership. Well, part of the thing, you know, and, and Frank McCourt was and is. It always will be a toxic name in this city for what he did with the Dodgers when he was the owner. But part of the deal was that Frank McCourt got the parking lot, which yeah. is huge and a giant moneymaker. And the Dodgers didn't want to admit that Frank McCourt was still involved. He still makes money off the parking lot. And when Bill Plaschke from the L.A. Times asked the question, about Frank McCourt's involvement when the Dodgers were bought by a, an insurance company in Chicago called the Guggenheim Group. Magic Johnson strode up to the lectern, got a mean look on his face, and said, Frank McCourt is not involved at all, not involved at all, over and over again. Uh, he is involved, but no one else asked any more questions. And people actually excoriated Bill Plaschke for asking the question. You know, people don't question magic much in this town. You know, even in a modern times, in a giant billion-dollar transaction like the Dodgers being sold, magic can go up on a lectern and say something that is patently false, and no one will really follow up on it. And, you know, I think that that's, that's why the Lakers brought him in the fold. They were tired of him criticizing uh, Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak. So they hired magic's best friend in, in Byron Scott. Well, they fired Byron Scott, and then they hired Magic. But now he's just a loose cannon. So anytime anybody says something about Magic that he doesn't like, he's going to run to Stephen A. Smith and Michael Wilbon and make news. And who loses? Jeannie Buss. And, you know, Jeannie really does deserve a great deal of the blame here because this is the structure that she's created. This is the dysfunction that's happened on her watch since she got rid of her brother, and Mitch Kupchak, who is a, a known, respected NBA executive. So I don't know where we go from here, because they're not going to sell the team. It's like selling an ATM that's in your closet that just spits out cash. You're not going to do that. So I don't know, Clay. 
Yeah, it, it is interesting because when I read this article, also what I got is there's a huge vacuum of power. And in that vacuum of power, you have Jeannie Buss, who basically is running this franchise almost like she's deciding between her children. And if you have kids, I know you got a couple of kids. I've got kids. Like, any kind of family relationship is fraught with not only the business side, but it's very oftentimes not logical, right? Because you're dealing with the passions and temperaments of family members. I'm on vacation right now with all three of my kids. In any given day, right, like the amount of logical consistency in the way I try to deal with my kids, I try to have some. But I bet if we were like a multi-billion dollar franchise, people would be like, man, this Travis family is just a total mess. And I'm like, yeah, because this brother's crazy and the other one's, you know, like all out of sorts. And that seems like the big issue here, right, is that it, 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 you hate to say it on some level probably, but the, the Lakers really just need a corporate structure and to be less dramatic they need less feelings involved in everything, right? You had that article where the woman's like, oh, I messed up, you know, like ordering a car service and magic was mean to me and I had anxiety attacks. And I'm like, As you're not walking through, you know, the streets of Baghdad with a rifle. You're trying to get a car service ordered for a dude. If you screwed that up, maybe you do deserve to get yelled at. Yeah, it's... It's interesting. I think that's a really good point because, and I, Bill Plasky wrote a long article about that a few months ago. How, you know, you don't you don't go through a hiring process to hire family, which is what Jeannie Buss like. I wish that Magic and Jeannie would stop calling each other your brother and sister because right. that is a hell of a hell of a dysfunctional brother and sister relationship. It's like every time Magic goes on TV, it damages the Lakers. It damages their brand. It damages, it damages the NBA. It damages our discourse about it, and it damages, most importantly, their ability to sign free agents. And uh, I agree with you. I mean, what they need is a is a corporate structure that has a, a lot less uh, warm fuzzies and a lot more black and white sort of uh, guidelines of how anything works. Uh, but. You don't have that. It kind of runs like that TV show, Succession, in a way, where you have all these family members and they all have this wacky past and history and varying degrees of being involved and super involved or not involved or they used to be involved. And it's uh, it's kind of maddening to cover, uh, but there's no end in sight to it. That's the thing that makes it really interesting to me is, you know, magic is magic is going to generate news every time he opens his mouth. And every time the Lakers do something, Magic is going to be asked about it. He's going to go on ESPN. He's going to drive right downtown and walk into that building, and they're going to put him on. And it's going to make global news. And I just, I mean, how many PR hits can you take till you're How do you solve it? How do you solve it? I mean, that's the question right now. Let's say that they brought in Petros Papadakis, crisis expert, to be the Laker uh, problem solver. What See, would yeah, solve but I'm this? close. I'm too close to it too. Yeah. You know, I've known Jeannie Buss for 20 years. I have feelings about Jeannie Buss as a person. I like her very much. Uh, I know Joey Buss. I like him very much. I like him a lot. Uh, but my advice would to be the same thing that you. I'm, I'm not, look. I do a sports radio show. I'm an idiot. I don't have any. <laughs> you know, I. My wife pays our bills, but my advice yeah. would be get a corporate structure. Yeah. Hire the best uh, the best administrative people you can possibly hire. 
and then hire the best basketball. They have enough money. Hire this Masai Ujiri guy that people talk about all the time. Hire, hire the best possible person and take their advice and remove yourself and your emotions from the daily decision-making in the business. You know, Linda Rambis, Kurt Rambis, Phil Jackson, your ex-boyfriend still advising, you know, all these weird things. Uh, they, they used to work, but they don't work anymore, clearly. And LeBron's going to be here for three more years with his people trying to take control. I just don't know. I mean, can you bring in anybody? Is there anybody in the NBA world that could control LeBron? Well, there's two guys probably. Jerry West, who wanted the job three years ago, and they didn't want to hire him. And Pat Riley, who came out recently and said, yeah, I'd have taken it. But they didn't want him either. So what do you do? I don't know. I mean, it, it is. I mean, I, I think on some level, you have to decide either we're just going to give the total franchise over to LeBron and let him run it as he sees fit over the next well, three years. Well, they don't want to do that. They would have hired yeah. Tyron Lue if they, they would have exactly. given him whatever he wanted. And, and, and or you have to move LeBron. You have to figure out how to just say the LeBron experiment was a disaster, uh, and we have to move on. We got young, you know, players to build around here, and we don't see a route to the championship with LeBron over the next three years. And if you make that acknowledgement, go about trying to figure out how to move LeBron. To me, that's this that's that's the question, right? You have two choices: either you go all in with LeBron, or you go all out with LeBron. And right now, it seems like the Lakers are in this uh, tenuous, middle, muddled ground, and there's not a solution that can be found there. Yeah, they're trying to serve both people. They're trying yes. to serve LeBron and being competitive. And Which is what you do if you're a parent and you have two kids that are driving you crazy. You typically can't pick one side or the other, and that's kind of the family dynamic that's got the Lakers all torn asunder right now. At the risk of sounding rudimentary, though, you don't trade the best player or the number one brand in sports for some pretty good young players to, to develop. You just don't do that. I mean, the Lakers had great young players. You would, but they don't. They have good to pretty good young players. And that's kind of the general consensus. You know, why would you trade away the, the guy that they, they tweet about when he eats a taco uh, because you're dysfunctional? Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.